here in the West, we have created a division between the rational and the emotional, between our thoughts and our emotions and feelings. It may be interesting to know that in the East, this wasn't really done. There is this word, the citta in Pali, which refers to the heart-mind. All of those mental functions that relate to thought, emotion, intention, And the third establishment of mindfulness, that is the the ways of establishing mindfulness, that's what these refer to. The third establishment is the citta. We can become aware of this aspect of the mind What's referred to in this establishment of mindfulness is more subtle than the surface level explicit thoughts and emotions that we feel. It can be helpful to consider a kind of a model. With the body on the outside, the part that interacts with the world, maybe the most obvious experience we often have is some feeling in the body. And then a little bit deeper than that, we have the feeling tone, each contact coming in is pleasant or it's unpleasant, or it's neither pleasant nor unpleasant. These feelings are a little bit more intimate, something that we know a little bit closer in. And as we move into this heart-mind, It lies even deeper in, closer to the heart of our being. One way to connect with the citta is to think of it as the the flavor or the mood that is perhaps coloring the whole ecosystem of our heart and mind and body. And our task is to bring this into awareness and simply to know it. We may get a sense that there's some mood hovering around our experience 
The flavors of the cheetah can last for hours. And then they shift. The Satipatthana Sutta offers some dimensions or attributes of the cheetah that we can be aware of. We may notice that there's a flavor of wanting or greed. The sutta even says passion that is affecting our whole mind. A filter that we're experiencing everything through When the mind is quiet enough, we can feel this. Or we may notice a flavor of aversion or irritation affecting the mind. Not really any specific thing, but just there. We can even notice that there is delusion, fuzziness, confusion sometimes in the mind. And then our simple note of our experience is simply that there is wanting or there is aversion. And we may also take another primary object such as the breath or the body occasionally noticing feeling tone. It's very helpful to tune into this more subtle underlying flavor that affects the whole flow of the experience. It's interesting that the sutta also suggests that we notice when wanting is not present in the mind. We may feel into our experience and realize at this moment there's not greed in the mind. At this moment, there is not aversion in the mind. Or there is not delusion. 
starting to get familiar with a mind that is free of these various qualities. There are other dimensions or attributes suggested to notice. We may look at the mind and see that it is concentrated. Or we may see that it is, at this moment, not concentrated. The mind may feel large, expanded. Or it may feel contracted. Sometimes the primary feeling of the mind, flavor, mood, might be one of release or liberation, peace. A mind without much stickiness to it. Or it may feel sticky. not liberated at this moment. Tuning into the citta is a totally non-judgmental exercise. If there is irritation in the mind, we simply see it. We don't try to change any of the features of the mind. But we rest with the simple knowing of how the mind is, what is present, 
and what is absent.
the um, the chitta, you know, this innermost mood or flavor, because it affects everything. It affects the thoughts and emotions that we experience. You know, it directly feeds those. And in addition, it helps to filter which sensory experiences we pay attention to and even their feeling tone. So if we are in a fairly peaceful mood, some kind of input may be perceived as pleasant that would be perceived as unpleasant if we were feeling generally irritated. We can also be carrying around a mind that's kind of wanting, kind of, you know, unsatisfied, needing, and it's looking for something to land on. And it's not so much that, you know, the tea was so enticing. It's that the mind was looking for something enticing. So we start to, when we tap into the chitta, we can see more of our participation in our experience. But it's helpful to remember that the instruction for understanding this, for establishing mindfulness through the citta, is not to try to change what we find. Um, at this point in the retreat, we can be doing less engineering of our practice and just trust that it's fine for the mind to be a little bit irritated right now. Trust the body to have pleasure. Trust the body to have pain. Developing just an equanimity and steadiness with the flow and change of experience and allow those natural changes in the way the mind and the body are to be known and to do their thing. It's also very useful to begin noticing the absence as is pointed to in this teaching. So the absence of wanting, the absence of aversion, the absence of delusion, if our mind feels especially clear, just to notice that. Because we're normally very focused on objects, on things, we're trained to see the things. <laughs> but when we walk into a room, how often do we see the space as opposed to the people, the mats, the floor, the walls? When we're listening, do we hear the silence between words, between sentences? The cessation of dukkha is an absence. It's an absence of greed, hatred, and delusion. So it's very helpful to become attuned to absences. It's good training. 